this. This is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts, here with you on a lovely Thursday evening. For you, it's sometime Friday. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. We, Living large? I am. We're talking more Dynasty. I'm always great when we're talking Dynasty. It's basically the time of the year in which Ben does happy dances all week long. All week. Every day. I wake up happy. Go to sleep happy. You, you sit up in bed with a smile and and smile while eating your cereal. I, I sit up in bed, smile, and immediately open sleeper. <laughs> just to just to look at my team. It's like every uh, what is it Wednesday morning in season when you're checking waivers at like six a.m. trying to see if you got who you put claims in for. Yeah, except I just I just open sleeper and look at my phone. Oh, good, my team is still amazing. Great. <laughs> Didn't change. It's like looking in the mirror and giving yourself a pep talk before you leave the house. That's what it is. Soaking up sleeper. Nice. And then I go get ready for my day. (laughs) We've got some trades uh, on the episode today. Uh, You all on Instagram sent in a bunch of Dynasty fantasy trades. We've got a couple other options in there as well. Ben is excited. We've got a lot more than last time. We do. Which we we are thrilled about. a ton of them. In fact... In fact, we may not even get to all of them. We have Yeah, so we got like a bunch. We've highlighted the ones we really want to talk about, and if we can get to the rest of them, we will. So if we don't talk about your trade, don't be offended. Uh, we will we will get to you at some point. And we will do more of these Dynasty trade shows. They are they are a blast. Breaking down trades and, and figuring out a winner and loser of trades is a fun time. I will not lie. Yeah, it's great. But you got a question for us first, Josh, don't you? I I do. Before we hop into all that, uh, we're kind of we've statted out players, um, and so what's very fun about um, breaking down pro- uh, projected statistics for teams and using that as your breakdown for your rankings is that sometimes it's a little bit different than just hey, here's who I think is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, fill in the blank you know, so on and so forth. Sometimes when you're looking at stats, when you're trying to figure out who's going to produce, it can get a little weird. And so as we've done this process of trying to figure out who's going to be good, who's going to produce, and then in turn, who's going to give you fantasy points, we've had some uh, some players that are very difficult to figure out what they're going to do for fantasy. So Ben, lead us off. Who has been the most difficult player or players to project going into next year? I have I have two that are sort of, in my head, very similar, kind of the same player. It's Elijah Mitchell and Miles Sanders. I'm still not entirely sure what to do with either one of them. I've, I'm a big fan of Miles Sanders. I like him a lot. And Elijah Mitchell was really impressive last year. But when you look at the offenses they're on, they're just so hard to predict. Elijah Mitchell, we know San Francisco has just a carousel of running backs, and they use five, six during the year. And 
they're all broken at some point. They always get injured. <laughs> I can't predict injuries, but I can predict that Kyle Shanahan is a madman and will not give Elijah Mitchell the workload that everybody wants him to get. Plus, he's going to have a new starting quarterback. They use Debo a lot in the run game. How much is Trey Lance going to take away from the running game? This is, well, assuming Trey Lance to get the job. Let me back up a little bit there first. But anyway, just assuming he gets it, how does he affect that? What's the passing ball? I, I don't know. And it's almost the exact same situation for Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts stole – Miles Sanders didn't have a rushing touchdown last year because Jalen Hurts stole so many. Plus they have – Stole 10 of them. Yes. It was maddening to have Miles Sanders because, like, he, he would have a good game. Like, he, Miles Sanders got 100 yards rushing. That's great. And all he had is 10 points because he didn't score. <laughs> it was terrible. And, like, I, I – I think he'll score this year. Like that's that's too much of a no touchdown series. He'll score this year, but still, yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to be a big factor in the, in the running game. They have other good options. Do they still have Boston Scott? Is he still on the team? Oh yeah, they still have Boston Scott, who's good. They have Kenny Gainwell, who's a great pass catcher, and Sanders is a good pass catcher in his own right. But they also added AJ Brown, who's has to affect the offense. I guess in a good way, but he's going to take away opportunities for Sanders, I guess. It'll be less rushing volume. A.J. Brown's going to demand. He's going to score some touchdowns. These two guys, they feel like the exact same player, and I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, they're both – they're both – they are very similar. They're very difficult to project. Uh, A lot of question marks surrounding them. What's funny about Sanders is – the Eagles ran the ball the most in the NFL last year and threw the ball the least when you compile all like everything in a vacuum. They threw the ball the least, ran the ball the most, and Miles Sanders was a disappointment, which yeah. just feels weird. And they're both extremely talented. They and they're the lead back in both of their offenses. So that's what like you want to draft them as like this is a starting running back, but I know what their offenses want to do and they're not going to produce like other starting running backs. Yeah. For me, it's the Miami Dolphins backfield. It is icky. Icky, icky, icky. They have four four pretty good guys. Exactly. They have too many. And I do think that they'll probably cut a running back or two, Salvin Ahmed or potentially uh, league darling Miles Gaskin might get the... The gas man's gone. Sorry, guys. Uh, I think he is. Gone, but Um, not forgotten. But they've replaced those two with three newcomers. They signed Chase Edmonds in the offseason. They gave him a bag of money, and it seemed like he might be the lead back just based on the contract. But then they brought in Raheem Mostert. And all of a sudden, okay, Raheem Mostert's probably a two-down back, whereas Chase Edmonds is the change of pace guy. Raheem the dream Mostert. Right. But then they signed Sony Michelle. And... It just kind of added more question marks to the backfield because to me that says Raheem Mostert is not in a place where they're comfortable with him being their main two-down back. And they obviously hate Miles Gaskin. They hate Salvin Ahmed. They're not into those two guys. So they're they're nothing. Well, I mean, they were... But between the... Th- I know Gaskin was like a seventh-round pick, so they really have nothing invested in him. So it's, it's one of those situations and, that we keep talking about, like... 
as good as these guys are, when the team has nothing invested in them, they will move on with them without a second thought. Not to mention, Gaskin averaged like three flat a carry last year. He was terrible. Like he didn't put up. He was good a good pass catcher, and then was shafted. He was a good pass catcher, but between the tackles, granted, bad offensive line last year. But he was awful running the football last year. He was terrible. He would have games literally of twenty carries for forty yards. It was bad. And guess who's a better pass um, catcher? Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. So we know Tua will dump the ball off. So Chase Edmonds. Gets a bump there, but they had Sony Michelle. In in training camp or practices, I see all these videos. Tua's slinging it. He is launching this ball. Well, of course he is. It's in OTAs. <laughs> he's he's going to look good on Twitter. Yeah, I, I love and I, I get the hype and you know all this stuff and it's it is good to a certain extent, but sometimes I get people to I guess overvalue these guys when they show the clips of them. In training camp, OTAs, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's it's not difficult to look good in OTAs. They're just it's pitch and catch basically. Like these guys have been doing this for since they were six years old. Like, yeah, that this isn't hard for them. They're gonna look fine. Right. Right. So yeah, for me, the Miami backfield is one that I I think Chase Edmonds will be the back, quote unquote, to have in fantasy. But that doesn't mean he's going to be great. He probably is a late RB2 at best. Probably an RB3 more than anything. Sony Michel, I don't really want him. He's not going to get pass-catching work. I don't really want Mostert either because I don't, I don't think Miami feels comfortable with Mostert yet. And that's where the Sony Michel signing comes into play. I think Michel probably starts the year as their first, second-down guy with uh, Edmonds as kind of a hybrid receiver, third down running back um, that will get some work. And I do think that Edmonds probably at the end of the year is their leading rusher, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to rush for a lot. Like he might be like a 700 yard leading rusher. Um, I'm not stoked about the Miami backfield. I think the the backfield as a whole will probably be good because it's Mike McDaniel. He's coming over from San Francisco. But, yep. like you're saying, I don't know who in this backfield. He's got history with Raheem right. Mostert, so he's going to have value from time to time. There, there's too many. Yeah. Here's what we know about fantasy football. If you have three good backs, you have none because you'll never pick the right guy. Yeah. And you'll lose. <laughs> so you want to have a guy that you know is going to produce, and we don't know this with the Miami backfield. It's kind of a cluster, and it could be – a really volatile situation for fantasy football. Yeah, stay away. It's not good. We've got trades. Uh, this is the moment I've all been waiting for. Ben, are you ready? I am. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Trade number one. Jerry Judy, your favorite human. It's not my, he's two, not my favorite. 20, let's, let's get this clear. He, he is your favorite. Okay. You like him more than your mother. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Judy and two 2023 firsts for <laughs> Stephon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb. Who wins? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Diggs and CeeDee. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one's pretty easy. Um, yeah. I, I, if you were, if I you were, go ahead. 
I think CeeDee Lamb by himself is worth two 23 firsts, and then uh, Diggs is worth a lot more than Jerry Judy to me. That's what I was going to say. Is like If I'm in the middle of a rebuild, maybe I will consider moving CD for two 2023 firsts. And that's a maybe because obviously CD is a top five dynasty wide receiver at worst. But then, yeah, Diggs, Diggs is definitely more valuable than Judy. And I like Judy, but 100% give me Diggs every time. Yep. Yeah, Diggs... Diggs, to me, feels like if you're going to try and get him and Jerry Judy is the main piece you're using, you need to add a 23 first to Judy to just get for Diggs, Diggs, and even then you may not get him. Yeah, just I might, for Diggs. I might would move Diggs for Judy just based on youth, and he got a... Diggs for Judy and a first, I'm saying. Just because of the youth, and he got Russell Wilson. But, like, I wouldn't... I still wouldn't do it straight up. So Diggs CD wins that one pretty easily That's for me. That's a handy victory. Yeah. Next trade is in line with the previous one. Basically what we just said. But it is about. just, yeah, it's just two 23 firsts for CD Lamb. Again, it this one, I think, depends a little bit more on your roster makeup for you to make this decision. If you're looking for a final piece to your team and you need CD, yeah, I would send two 2023 first for him. But like I said earlier, if I'm in the middle of a rebuild, I've got no shot for a couple more years, yeah, give me the 2023 first. But even then, it's close because, I mean, CD is, what, 22? He is, I think he's 23. And the the 2023 class is getting a lot of hype and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse. There's a lot of talented yep. players that look or look that this should be great but are there any guarantee any of them turn into cd no we don't know did you see the news that jordan addison transferred to usc today oh my god yeah they're so gonna be so good legitimately yeah we might have legit three elite wide receiver prospects come draft season next year jackson smith and jigba Kayshawn Boutte, and then Addison. And there's other good prospects yeah. in that class. Yeah. Guys no, who would have been top five in this class. Yeah. The 23 class, and we've talked about this before, It's it feels right now like the holy grail of rookie classes because it's deep at quarterback, it's deep at receiver, it's deep at tight end, and at running back. And like guys two who... two great tight ends. Guys who have... Three great running backs. They're really good at dynasty. They've been looking at this class for a while. So if yeah. it's if it's it's got been getting hype for two years now. So now that like they're the next class coming up, it's gonna get out of control. And we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do for a sure. breakdown on it probably a little bit later on this offseason. Yep. Yeah. We'll we'll dive into it. I wanna I really wanna dive into like just watching film of these players because I really have. Oh, I have been a lot. Um, like I said, um I think it was last episode when I went on my 2023 first kick of like, let me see how many I can get. I had started watching, like not not even like the big guys like Bijan Robinson highlights and JSN highlights, but like the Tank Bigsby highlights, the Sean Tucker, the Syracuse running back highlights, um, Jameer Gibbs highlights, like those guys. And I was like, heck, even a mid to late first is going to be pretty good in that class, or at least yeah, it looks you, on you, paper. You might be you might be getting a top fifteen prospect for their respective position with like the one ten, which is just crazy. Like I watched 
Sean Tucker highlights, you're probably going to be able to get him, assuming like you know everybody stays the same, at the 110 in the next draft class. Yeah. And he probably would have been behind Brees Hall in this class, right there with Kenneth yeah, Walker. Might have been it. Like, yeah, it's it. We'll do a whole episode on it and we'll really dive into it. But the 23 class is alluring, uh, to say the least. But now, don't make the mistake the of trade. like you know overpaying for these picks. Like it's, but the potential is right. there. But we're we digress. Yeah. Next one. Ezekiel Elliott and the 107 this year for two 23 firsts next year. What say you? Mm. I think I would move Zeke. I think I would too. Um, I actually it's essentially go ahead. The so okay, the 107 to me. I would sell the 107 for a 23 first pretty easily. I right did now. that in one of our main leagues. It was the only pick. Yes. I had traded all my other picks. The only pick I had was the 107, and I just shipped it for some dude's 2023 first. Yeah. So straight up, even a late, like the 112 in 2023 to me is worth more than the 107 this year. That's just me. Um, and Zeke, I think, is not worth a. 2023 first straight up like I think you would have to add something to Zeke to get a 23 first right now we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show with another trade with Zeke but I think Zeke we've sort of gone too far in undervaluing Zeke to where he I think he could be pretty good because you're you can get him for cheap right now I think too cheap like he's gonna bounce back at least a little bit he played hurt last year He's going to score, still score touchdowns. They owe him a ton of money, so they can't get rid of him right now. He's still going to have value. He's the kind of guy that if you could trade him for an early second-round pick, I think I would do it. I don't know. If I'm the Zeke owner, I think I want a first, but you're probably not going to get yeah. it. So if you can trade the 107 for, that's like essentially 107 for one 2023 first and Zeke for another, yeah, I would do that. That's the best yeah. deal you're going to get on Zeke probably again. For sure. Yeah, that that to me feels like an easy accept. Like, I don't even... If I was offered that, I don't need to counter it. I'm just taking it. Like, if I'm a competing team, it doesn't matter. That is the best value you'll get for Zeke. And, you know, the 107, what will you get? You might get Jamison Williams if he falls. Chris um, Olave. You might get... Yeah, like... Chris Olave good, in next but, year's class would be the wide receiver five maybe at best yeah i i'm not stoked necessarily about picking up chris olave he's fine he's good but i'm not like i like chris olave jumping out of my seat i like him i don't love it but i'll trade him for a first right now yeah next one we've got the 103 this year and elijah moore for deandre swift swift <laughs> um, it's alluring when you see that 103 right there. Yeah. But you put a name with it like, ah, gosh. And it's, it's guys I like, Traylon too, Burks. like Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks. Like, these guys have potential. But, I mean, I Swift is a top three dynasty back. Yeah. And he's going to be 
fantastic for the next three, four years. And Elijah Moore just had Garrett Wilson added to his offense. He just had Brees Hall added to his offense, which should make his offense better, but that means there's less volume and work for Elijah Moore. And then the 103, as good as Traylon Burks could be, give me DeAndre Swift, who I know is great right now. Crazy stat I saw today. The New York Jets, since Woody Johnson bought the team, have had a top 10 NFL offense one time. Ooh. I don't know how convinced we can be that the Jets will have a good offense. Like, I think historically, it'll be better, but it ain't going to be top stink. 10. No. And if you're buying the wide receiver two on a team, it needs to be a top 10 offense. Um, so Elijah, like Moore I want, I want T is, Higgins kind of wide receiver too. Right. You want to got like a Jalen Waddle. Okay. And that's honestly just because he produced at an elite level last year, but like Mike Williams, sure. He's on a great offense. Uh, Gabe Davis. Sure. Great offense. Whoever is the wide receiver two for Kansas city. Sure. Great offense. Um, but once you start getting into like the 17th best offense. Like, I'm not thrilled to buy their wide receiver, too. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in New York. There's a lot of very good players. Yes. So it's not like Elijah Moore is just so much dominantly. Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are just way better than everybody else kind of thing. And they owe Corey Davis right. a lot of money, so he's going to have to get involved, too. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there's always the possibility that Denzel Mims is a late bloomer and figures it out. They've got multiple tight ends. They've got pass-catching running backs. Like, like I've talked about Zach Wilson a lot, a lot on there. this show and that I like him, but he's not going to support two top 20 wide receivers. No. At best, he'll get one, and he may not even get one. Yeah, so, yeah, swift easy. Yeah. Next one, Deontay Johnson and J.K. Dobbins. For Dalvin Cook and Elijah Mitchell. This one's interesting. I think I'm. I think rebuilding or competing, I probably lean Johnson and J.K. Dobbins. Really? I I think so. Actually, I don't okay, know. Okay, so I I don't I don't know. If dude. I'm you go first. If I'm competing. If I'm competing, I'm taking the Cook side because I'm getting the best player in the deal. Um, I also, full transparency, I'm not a huge Deontay Johnson fan. So that that factors in here. I don't think Deontay Johnson, like he may not be a top 24 receiver for me when it all filters itself out and the final rankings are done. Um, J.K. Dobbins is like my running back 21-ish. Um, I like him but he won't get pass catching work. He was really like his, his stretch when he was a quote unquote league winner, he averaged like 13.6 fantasy points in half PPR, which is like, that's fine. That's good. But you know, Amon Ross St. Brown had a better stretch, but he averaged like 23 in his league winning stretch. Rashad Penny last year averaged like 17 in his league winning stretch. So Yes, J.K. Dobbins to me is a great prospect. I liked him a lot coming out. I tried to acquire him once he was Elite drafted. Elite athlete, crazy athlete. Yeah, and if I can get, if I could get J.K. Dobbins plus a little something on top for Dalvin Cook, I would do that. 
Um, I, J.K. Dobbins to me is a guy that you would target as a cook owner to try and acquire him plus a little something on top. Um, but I think I would rather have, and this is tough. This is like, I think Dalvin Cook, is, the difference between Dalvin Cook and J.K. Dobbins is more than the difference between Deontay Johnson and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, I think I, if I'm rebuilding 100% the Deontay and J.K. Dobbins side, no question. Yeah. But if I'm competing, neither of us are, I'm a little bit higher on Deontay, I think, than you are. But at the same time, like I think Deontay, he's probably top 15, maybe. Definitely top 20, I think top 15. He's going to get a lot of volume. He's, yeah, I, I don't think at best he does as good as he did last year, which was top 10, which is really good, but that's like his ceiling in my eyes. And I've come yeah, down. That was, I was high on the beginning of the offseason on J.K. Dobbins, but the dude just doesn't catch passes. He, How many passes did he have his rookie year? He played, I think he played every game that year. He had 18 receptions, I'm, so he averaged one catch a game. Yeah. Yep. And he's playing do it. with probably the best running quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's Lamar that's Jackson good. will vulture goal line as well. So Dalvin's, yeah, so st- he, Dalvin's still good. Elijah Mitchell, as tough as he is to project, he's in a great offense still. He's going to score when he's healthy. Yeah. Plus, and here's here's an underrated thing about Dalvin Cook that I don't think anybody's talking about. And maybe it's, it's just changed the number I own four. Dalvin Cook and uh, no, that's <laughs> Although, that's the key. That's the key. Uh, yeah. They got a new coach in Minnesota, and I'm hearing a lot of rumblings coming out of Minnesota that they want to use Cook as a pass catcher. And w- what we know about Davin Cook is he's not really known as a pass catcher. He is a three-down workhorse back, kind of like in the vein of Jonathan Taylor, but slightly less pass catching. Um, if 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 Davin Cook has... 50 catches next year that is terrifying um because he's gonna get the rushing workload he's, he's gonna get the top line. two guys yeah he's i mean back. if he get, it, genuinely if he gets 50 catches and he plays 14 games he Which probably he finishes will. top he will not play five. 17 games no never play has 14. he never will <laughs> right um so dalvin cook could be a potential league winner um yeah, this 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 one is one of those like you kind of it depends on how you value Deontay Johnson for me. Um, if you're really high on him, you would take it. If if you're not like I am, you might lean the Dalvin side. I'm a I I don't know. I think Dalvin is pretty pretty. It's a it's an even trade in my eyes. Dalvin is fairly more valuable than J.K., but I think Deontay is more valuable than Elijah Mitchell. So if you're sort of rebuilding, yeah, 100% the Dobbins side. Competing, I'll I'll give you Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Next one, straight up. We already talked about this. Stephon Diggs for Jerry Judy. Yeah, this is is Diggs. Give me Stephen. Yeah, that's that's easy. Moving on. Um, This one is interesting. Ezekiel Elliott and a... 
Yeah, Zeke and a 2023 first for Travis Etienne. Yeah, if somebody offered me Zeke for Etienne, that's an easy decline. But you just put a first on there. Yeah. It's very interesting. I think I would... mm, I still might lean Etienne. If you added a second to the Zeke side, I think I would take that. Honestly, I think... So if I'm the ETN owner, uh, this is this is difficult. If I'm a rebuilding roster, Travis ETN is somebody I want to hold on to. So I'm not trying to acquire Zeke. Like I also don't like Zeke. <laughs> I know he probably will be pretty decent next year because of the offense he's in. But he's 26, but he's kind of 26 going on 32. My man has been beaten he's up. He's got the He's got the most workload in the NFL. His contract says he's their starter for this year and the year following because they can't they can't get out from under him. He's an albatross. Um, so he's going to be their starter in 2023 or in 2022 and 2023. After that, they can move on from him. But right now, while he has two sure years as a starter, I'm trying to sell him ASAP. I'm trying to get rid of him. Because this time next year, you might be able to get like a mid-second round pick, and that might be it. Um, So, as the Zeke owner, I would be ecstatic getting ETN back for Zeke in a 23 first. I don't want to part with my 23 firsts. We've talked about it. That class is super alluring. But Travis ETN is an elite talent. We haven't seen him play in the NFL, but his prospect profile is incredible. Yeah, I was going to kind of say that. so he should be really good. People are... I think people are too low on ETN. James Robinson is going to be out for a part of the year, and even when he's back, I think ETN's the starter. Plus, he's a patch catcher, and if you're looking at running backs coming out of last year, like he checked every box. He might have been yeah. ahead of Brees Hall this year if they were both in the same class. It would have been a pick probably. Yeah, it's a toss-up between him and ETN and Hall, talent-wise. I get why you would prefer Hall, but... ETN, as a prospect, is not far behind him. He's probably even. Right. So, yeah, I think if I'm competing, I'd uh, probably prefer ETN. If I'm rebuilding, it might be ETN. for ETN. <laughs> <laughs> I think pretty much no matter which way you if slice you could, it. If you only... could guarantee me that's a high 23 first, then yes, the Zeke side. I mean, Mid like, to high. top three. Like, I want to shot if I'm... at... Boutte or in a super flex one of those top quarterbacks right I mean if if that and again nobody knows this and this is where this trade could flip because if that 23 first turns into Bijan Robinson I prefer the Zeke side oh easily I trade Travis Etienne for Bijan right now right (laughs) um but as things are right now and we don't fully know the context of the league and again Things can change. Things are fluid. We don't know exactly where that 23 first is going to be. I would probably slightly lean the ETN side. That is a great offer for ETN, though. That is an attention getter. Yep. I'm, I'm listening to you. Yeah. Next one, we've got Michael Gallup straight up for Alexander Madison with the context that the person trying to acquire Madison is a Dalvin Cook owner. Oh, then 100% the Madison side. I'm going to ask for more than Gallup 
for if, if you own the starting running back and I have your handcuff, I'm going to make you overpay every time. Yeah. So what's interesting with Madison is his standalone value for everybody except the Cook owner is not a ton. Like, if I don't own Cook, like, I'd probably go Gallup here just because he gives you standalone value week to week once it comes back, and Madison does not. But if I'm the Cook owner, I really desperately want Alexander Madison because he's the best handcuff in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And when Dalvin Cook goes out, Madison is a one-for-one replacement of Dalvin Cook's production in that offense. And this goes for any handcuff. Like, if I have him, I'm going to try to sell him to the owner. Because he, he yeah. means something to you. Like, if you lose this guy, your team sucks, unless you have his backup. Basically, what you're doing in selling, you're, you're selling Michael Gallup for two RB1 weeks next year. That's what you're getting. Yeah, pretty much. In... And Michael Gallup gives you, wide receiver you know, three. eight, eight wide receiver three weeks. Like you just kind of, you're picking. He's a the shot, not a Dalvin bad flex. Hurt. Like I need somebody on a bye week. Well, I've got Michael Gallup. Yeah, sure, throw him in. Yeah, so Madison side pretty easily for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Rashad Bateman and Irv Smith Jr in a tight end premium league for Stefan Diggs and Mike Jasicki. Diggs. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, one's this one's I would easy. prefer I prefer both of these yeah. guys. I do. The I prefer Jasicki to Irv Smith and I prefer Diggs pretty significantly to Bateman. Um yeah, this one this one's pretty easy. With like adding the tight end premium to me doesn't change anything like Jasicki... Jasicki's better in a tight end preview. Like, like, way better than Irv Smith in a tight end preview, I think. Yeah, there's still there's still a possibility that Irv Smith is relevant next year. Like, yeah. he could be a tight end one, but, like, outside of the top three tight ends, they all suck. So like, Didn't he get traded to the Jets? The 11th. No, Irv Smith is still for the Vikings. Who? Which one did they have that got traded to the Jets, then? Uh, the other guy, Tyler Conklin. That's okay. Okay. I knew what yeah. I thought one. Conklin is the backup tight end for the Jets. Okay. Then Irv Smith, yeah, he could, he could be good. It's basically run it back the Irv Smith hype from next year. He is Irv Smith is one of the few tight ends that I think could like is currently not relevant that could be relevant. He's like, young he's too. He's in that Yeah, he's in that David Njoku kind of area where like He's probably on your waivers right now, and he might be interesting. Um, but again, like he's not going to be great. He could be the tight end eleven and be terrible, because that's just how tight ends work. So, Jasicki probably gets a little bit more volume, and for tight ends, you know, I lean Jasicki. Yeah, and then Bateman for Diggs so, is not a question either. I get Diggs. Yeah. I get Bateman's yeah. younger. But 100%, I want Josh Allen ones over Lamar Jackson's two. Exactly. Someone is trading Aaron Jones for James Cook and Allen Lazard. Where are you with that? Uh, I mean, if I'm competing, yeah, I want to. I'll give that up for Aaron Jones. If I'm rebuilding, uh, I don't know. 
James Cook is young, but I, I mean, I guess he's got potential to be sort of the next Aaron Jones because he'll be a good pass catcher in the Bills' offense. He'll never get the rushing work that Aaron Jones gets. Alan Lazard is a sleeper we've been talking about a lot for this season. I don't know. I would lean Jones in, like, whichever way you slice it. Really? I would go Jones. Yeah, because I do think that Aaron... Like, Aaron Jones was a little bit of a disappointment last year, and I think he'll be better because I think his passing volume goes up pretty significantly uh, next year. So he is... He's 27. Um... So he's, he's on that age cliff that we talk about with running backs where you want to sell him. Uh, and in, so in a dynasty league, I understand why you would want to do this. But I also don't really think that James Cook is the truth. Like if this were Kenneth Walker and Alan Lazard, I, I would think about it because I do think Kenneth Walker has a top 15 perennial future as his future. If I'm rebuilding, I, really I, change, think that I trade Aaron Jones for um, Kenneth Walker every time, just straight up. You would do it straight up? Oh, yeah. If I'm if I'm rebuilding, I want Aaron Jones off my roster, and I, if I can get Kenneth Walker for him, oh, yeah, absolutely. See, I would still need something on top of Walker, but like that, that kind of – if it were Walker and Lazard, I would do that. But since it's James Cook – He's a guy that I think the dynasty community as a whole is kind of way over the top with. Like, we just saw pass-catching running back goes to Buffalo, and immediately everybody just lost their minds. That's what happened when CEH went to Kansas City. Right. And he let you down. I'm not convinced convinced James Cook is a legitimately good running back yet. Like, I know the name value is there, and the fit is is potentially there, but that doesn't really mean that he's good. Like he could be a great fit and still stink because he's not actually a good player. I'm not fully convinced he's a good player yet. And so I'm not looking to acquire him as a crown jewel for giving up an RB one. And I do think that in this package, James Cook has more value than Alan Lazard. So you're basically saying I want to build around James Cook. And I don't think that's a brilliant idea. Like, he should be somebody that just chills on your bench and you figure out if he's good that way. No, he can be a piece for the future, though. And if you're rebuilding, Aaron Jones is not is not a part of your future. He's got one, no. one maybe two years left. So you're rebuilding. James Cook is a late first. Late first, early second. And Alan Lazard, for whatever his value is worth, yeah, I guess I would try to get more from Aaron Jones, but late first value, and if you could upgrade over Alan Lazard, yeah. Give me something better. Alan yeah. Lazard's the problem. If you can give me something better than Lazard, then deal. If it were like James Cook and Juju Smith-Schuster, oh, yeah, I'd probably easily. think about it. Or like a Christian Kirk or somebody like that. Yeah. Somebody that you know a it's little bit more about. It's not a big about, name, like, but we've seen this guy. He's the wide receiver one now, assuming, assumably, and uh, is that a word, assumably? Assumedly? Yeah. Assume, yeah, assumedly in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I would do James Cook and like a Christian Kirk, something like that. Yeah. 
We got one more. Somebody sent in their Brandon Ayuk, and they were going to acquire this year the 109 and the 206 in their rookie draft this year. So let's put some names to it. Yeah, At the 109, is, you're looking... This is picks. You're looking... Yeah. I do think it's picks. Um, but to, to flesh it out even more, you're probably looking at like Sky Moore or Christian Watson... And at the 206, you're probably going to get, or yeah, or James Cook. You might be getting James Cook, Watson, Moore, or potentially, what at the 206? Maybe Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, or somebody like that could be there. I think I would, I would maybe uh, David take Bell, probably one of the receivers. But you're looking at, yeah, somebody like that. Yeah. So let's say you come out of the draft and you take Sky Moore and David Bell. I would take that over Brandon Ayuk. I would. Brandon Ayuk yeah. is so plummeted in value. He really has. He I loved him this time last year and and he has not done me any favors and I've shipped him off everywhere. He broke your heart. He did. I thought he was I thought he was a cornerstone piece on my dynasty roster this time last year. And that didn't happen, and I I had to pivot. I had to move off him. Um, he's in he's yeah. in an offense where he's no longer the wide receiver one like we thought he might be. That's obviously Debo, and we don't know who his quarterback is. And if Trey Lance is the quarterback, he might be good for fantasy. But even then, he's the third Trey option because Kittle's still there. Right? Yeah, yeah. He is he is the third passing option, and. You know, is Trey Lance even good as a real-life guy? As a real-life NFL quarterback, is Trey Lance good? We don't know. Too many question marks. Yeah. Lots of question marks with Brandon Ayuk. Um, yeah, so I, I would go picks here. That's a that's an easy one, I think. Yeah. So that's been one more, our uh, trade... We can, we can do. You want to do one more? We can do one more. We can do one more. Which pick one do you one. like? Go for. We got a. We got a couple. We were gonna cut out, but you go ahead. You pick your favorite one of the ones left, and uh, we'll dive into that one. Uh, let's see. We'll go with the. We'll go with the bottom one. We've talked about uh, the other one a little. Sort of those players involved. Yeah. DJ Moore in a 2024 second for Marquise Brown in a 2023 second. Yeah, there's an extra third on the Moore side. So it's Moore in a 2024 second and third. Yep, for Brown in a 23 second. Um, So, okay, if we... I would take the 23 second over the 24 second and the 24 third. Like... Potentially, I slightly lean 23 second over 24 second and third. Um, but I but, greatly like prefer. I don't DJ know the Moore players you, you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Even though Marquise yeah, Brown so, has a quarterback, DJ Moore has uh, fill in the name. Yeah, DJ. DJ Moore is super difficult for fantasy. He's so good. You're always holding out. He's 
legit. I mean, he's a top ten in the NFL real life receiver. He's a fantastic wide receiver, but he has no quarterback. And so he produces good, not great numbers in that offense. For the past three seasons, not, he has had twelve hundred yards and four touchdowns every every season for the past three years. Right. And he's had dog crap throwing him the ball. It is not good. He's been wildly impressive considering the circumstances, but that doesn't mean he's been a great fantasy option. Marquise Brown has been better for fantasy, but he's not as good a player as DJ Moore. And I think in this one, and DJ Moore's younger too. I'm betting on the talent. I think, yeah, you're betting on the talent, and then the picks are kind of a wash for me. And the Saints, or the, not the Saints, the, um, the Panthers just locked DJ Moore in. Was it like a four-year deal? It was three or four years, $60 million. I can't remember which. Yeah, they paid him. I think it was so four be, for 60. He'll be there for a while. Yep. That'll do it for our Dynasty Trade Show. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review. Uh, share the show with your friends. Uh, leave a rating if you can do that where you're listening. Um, best of all, just... If you like the show, share it with a friend. That's the best thing you can do. We like your friends. Not we in, are your friends. Not we're, in a weird we're like way. Virtual friends, right? We're virtual we're the, friends. The voices in your head. I got a lot of voices in my head, dude. I don't need more. <laughs> That'll do it for us this week. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.